0: Hello and welcome back to Acta Cinema Podcast. Today's the last episode of the year for us, so we're going out with a bang, talking about one of, in my opinion, all-time greats, Arakiri. But first, a word from our sponsor.
1: So this was a rewatch for you, it was a first-time watch for me. Yes,
0: I've been selling this to you for years now.
1: It has been years since you first told me about it. And I've always, you know, looked at it and I was like, ah, I'm sure, I know it'll be good. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll be good. I just, you know, have never been particularly in the mood to watch it, you know? Mm -hmm. But we we really, I wouldn't say we forced ourselves.
0: No, I was insistent that this would be the last movie of the year because it's so good. Yeah. I think at points I called it the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. Because, simply, I just wouldn't say any movie is the greatest movie of all time. Right. I think it's impossible. But this came the closest to me if I had to put one.
1: that number one.
0: Yeah, because it's technically so perfect to me. Like, yeah, the acting is really good, and the story is really good, and the directing is good. But then you have the set design, which is, I think, an all-time set design. It's so engrossing and so beautiful. Just everything about it literally it's perfect the angles that the the angles that the director chooses seem purposeful like he switches to a dutch angle Mm -hmm. when you realize that the guy is gonna perform the arakiri and you know that it's not by mistake like a lot of directors use it because it's a different angle or whatever he uses angles really well. He uses the pan camera really well. The music is really subtle and beautiful, but it's never in the way. Like, a scene is never dominated by its music. It's always dominated by the dialogue. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't really have, like, that many opinions on necessarily the technical aspect of it. But I would say just from a story perspective, it's really compelling mm-hmm. and at its core i'd say it's it's a movie about hypocrisy kind mm. of and yeah you know like
0: it's the hypocrisy of society yeah as because we i mean the story if you're not familiar starts with a samurai shows up a ronin samurai so he's out of work mm-hmm He's masterless. He shows up. He gets told the story of another samurai that went there to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And we see that the samurai wasn't actually trying to commit suicide. But they kind of forced him to. Mm-hmm. To uphold his honor.
1: Yeah. And as this like story progresses, you know, they're like, oh, well, are you sure you want to do the suicide? Because um, we, like, made the other guy do it. Yeah. And so.
0: And our- even the movie itself kind of, like makes you kind of side with the house.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Because it's like, oh, look at this fool with his bamboo swords. And then it, it progresses and you know why he has bamboo swords mm. and now your opinion changes. And I think that's why the movie was so impactful on me. I've f- felt the first time I watched this that i would never been fooled by a movie this hard into completely changing my opinion on one of the characters.
1: mm. I mean I feel like I always still felt a little bit of sympathy No of course for for the bamboo samurai because I don't know it's it and this is such a different culture and way of life than I think I've ever, you know, come across or experienced or done research on, you know, mm-hmm. because when I think of the 1600s I think of something very because this is when the movie takes Mm. place i think of something very different because i feel like even in upper level history classes if it's not specifically tailored to Mm. like asian cultures the default is always right european cultures because
0: that's what affects the united states culture later on yeah but this japanese culture is super advanced and there's a, a clear structure that you don't even need to know. Like, you don't need to know this, the history behind Imperial Japan to know what's going on in this movie. And it doesn't mm-hmm. explain the samurai culture or anything, but it doesn't leave you asking too many questions either.
1: No, it doesn't leave you with a lot of ambiguity, I guess, in terms mm-hmm. of of structure. I think 100%, if you if you knew the kind of cultural implications and the societal implications of of the samurai samurai life in this um, era, you'd probably get at least a little bit more out of it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at the core, you kind of, you, you get the honor system type thing, it's, you know. And it's
0: human. It's based on the society. It's based on humans being individuals, which mm-hmm. I think is the big takeaway. Yeah. Where, like, you're looking at this just as another one of the many that try to fool you. But you're not looking at him as an individual with an individual story, which is what we learn towards the middle end.
1: Yeah, because I feel like at least there is a, there is a, the, the the air of hypocrisy in this because it's like the the samurais of the house, mm-hmm. especially the, the counselor, take the stance that they're very traditional.
0: Yeah, they're samurais. all about honor. They're, they're all about yeah. tradition. But then you learn that they're kind of weak and a group of them is not enough to kill one man because they're more about honor than they are about practice yeah so that, they're not real that. samurai in that sense there's
1: that but then also even the in, in practice too they don't practice what they preach you know like if you get bested by another samurai and they take your top knot you're supposed to kill yourself if you yeah, do you
0: lost all your honor yeah but so they decide to lie and hide and pretend yeah. it didn't happen
1: and so that really shows the the hypocrisy and kind of makes it true what um, our main character says, where the way of the samurai or like the life of a samurai is pretty much all a facade. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, he did prove it to him.
0: Right. And it's known that Kobayashi, the director, hated this type of lifestyle and he hated Imperial Japan and all of that. Mm. And this is like, his, he's proving it to us. That he this is not something he glorifies in Japanese history.
1: Yeah. And I'd say that this is different from other Samurai movies because I granted, I haven't seen a lot of them. So I can't speak on all Samurai movies, but I have seen some that kind of glorify that way of life where the kind of staunch honor system is is praised and, and looked to as an example. And this kind of does the opposite. Yeah. And it shows like how bad that this type of of way can be. Mm-hmm. Because even even as something as simple as the bamboo swords, he sold the his real swords to pay for his wife and child's like mm-hmm. care because they were sick right. and they didn't have anything. But, you know, the older samurai, the the his his own daughter was sick and he didn't even think about selling his sword right. because it's so ingrained in him that this is his most valuable possession that it's like an extension of him. Yeah, it
0: doesn't even come to his mind that he could sell it.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like if you look at it in a different way, it's much more honorable to sell your most valuable possession to help those that mm-hmm. you love than it is to to hold on to mm-hmm. it for dear life and for any, for you know. Yeah,
0: and the The Bamboo Ronin, as he gets called by the people of the town. Mm -hmm. He is the only truly honorable one because he was going to kill himself. Because he realized that's what he had to do. But even then he asked for a day or two to tell his wife, to tell his father-in-law. And to see his kid one last time. But all we saw was a coward that wanted to run away. That's the implication. And that's what they all believe in the house. But then we learned that that's not it. He would have come back and killed himself. But he was doing it to just tell the people that depended on him that he was going to do it. Yeah. So he's the only honorable one. And he doesn't get anything for it.
1: No, he doesn't get remembered for it. He doesn't get, you know, anything. And so, you know, that's at the end, it does kind of at least make me, like, frustrated and, mm-hmm. like, fired up, kind of. Yeah, it's not,
0: like, an uplifting ending.
1: No, because everything gets swept under the rug. They just go More and say lies. that, you know, they both committed harakiri, and the the soldiers that died on that day just kind of were due to illness.
0: hmm they, they cover it all up with lies to protect the honor.
1: And then they get praised for how they handled these so-called, you know honorable samurais that just wanted money mm-hmm. like that's kind of how it's it's spun and it's so unfortunate you mm-hmm. know
0: but it's beautiful in a way though the movie is sad all it the is. way through i don't think there's any uplifting moments but it's still beautiful
1: yeah it
0: and, is and it is kobayashi he did the human condition trilogy hmm and this is not about the human condition, but it kind of is, where you still connect the human dots of the story so well that you feel sorry for everyone. But you also understand why the bad guys, quote-unquote, did what they did. So that's... You
1: kind of... I mean, you do understand You understand
0: it. why. You don't gotta respect it or accept yeah. it, but you understand it. You understand at why least, from a human level. At
1: least did. in the context of like yeah. how they operate, you understand why.
0: I and as a it. from a human level, they felt like, oh, we're not gonna let this guy take care of or like
1: take advantage.
0: Yeah, pull one over us. Let's make him do what he what he says he wants to do. That's them being human, as well as samurai, and saying that they want to stand up for themselves and not be like the other loser houses that just give them money. Mm. Again, it it becomes about honor because they they want to be the honorable house.
1: But there really is no such. I think there's no such thing as honor in this like, in this way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because everybody does like dishonorable stuff. At least are the characters that we. I mean, the samurai of the
0: house. Their honor is all superficial because when it comes to actual being samurai, they have to fight. They don't. Yeah. They've never faced battle. Which yeah. The older samurai did, and they never really learn how to fight they just learn how to be a samurai on the surface but once there's hundreds of them trying to kill one guy they can't really do it
1: yeah they have to bring out guns yeah
0: that's kind of the point they couldn't beat them on one-on-one combat they couldn't beat them in, as a group so they just shot him that's mm-hmm. the only way they can put him down
1: yeah crazy
0: but all all great movies are sad
1: I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I will say some of the ones that I have given a 10 in the past are kind of...
0: So you're spoiling the 10?
1: Sad. Yeah, I am spoiling the 10. I guess I am. Yeah,
0: I mean, obviously, I think it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. A lot of people would agree.
1: Yeah, I, I'd i say that this is something that I definitely would would want to rewatch and and has made me think, and it does make me feel something you know mm. where it it's not necessarily good emotions right but it's it fires me up i'd say mm-hmm. because it's just you you kind of end this movie wishing things were different you know right. and but you
0: know it's just gonna go on for that house
1: yeah and it, but it's kind of special in a way i'd say where it makes you feel like you know the truth Like, Mm. you carry the truth
0: with you. Yeah, you're one of the only ones that left this house with the truth because you're outside of it.
1: Yeah. Which is nice and poetic, I guess, Mm -hmm. in some type of way. I don't know if that was his ultimate goal. But I feel (laughs) like sometimes, it just with other Japanese movies that I've seen, I feel like they do kind of play into the audience a little bit. I don't know. and Not as a whole, but just kind of... I've, I've seen similar things in Japanese movies before. I've
0: seen a lot more movies from this director. I just got the Eclipse series, where mm-hmm. he has like four of his earlier films that i already seen, but I bought them because I want to watch them again. And you can tell that he's very purposeful in his message. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't make a movie to make a movie. When When you see It's Kobayashi, you know there's something behind it. And it's worth investing yourself into. And I think this is peak. Some people would say it's the human condition, but this is top three on Letterbox. I think and like mm-hmm. in the top hundred on IMDb and just a lot of lists. And in my personal opinion, I would also put it in like my top five or three even. But it didn't. It doesn't make other lists, and I don't really understand why. I'm not criticizing the lists. Like the set and sound list came out. Maybe a month ago.
1: Yeah, I'm not really. And I don't remember. <laughs> this
0: this doesn't feature either the director or the the critics. But even the critics list doesn't feature "Come and See," which is number one on Letterboxd. Yeah. So it's it's different perspective, I, I suppose. But
1: yeah, because to I'm, me this is it. Because to be fair, I'm not really sure how this holds up when people look at filmmaking. I do agree that he does like nothing he does. Filmmaking wise is um, by chance. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's very purposeful, but I wonder if it has something to do with that, why it's not on, say, the sight and sound list. I think
0: it's incredibly sound movie. Like, it's (laughs) everything about it is perfect, except I could see critics for the pacing. But
1: I would say that the pacing is is partially like what gets me into mm-hmm. the movie because it's it does kind of have a slow build where you kind of it it kind of leads you to expect one thing and then kind of yeah, flips it it, it switches it, on
0: you multiple times and it keeps you guessing
1: yeah so at the beginning you know you just think that these two samurais just have very similar stories. But that one was a coward and one is not. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you get. Right. And to be fair, like, I kind of thought at the beginning, you know, trying to, to think about what where this could be going. I kind of thought that maybe this was like so far in the future that the young samurai that came might have been him mm. where they like, you know, made him play right. up like he was gonna kill himself and then they let him go and right. this was him coming back to no, they make him
0: kill himself and it's brutal yeah like even i mean it's a movie so it's not real but even watching that watching him force himself onto the bamboo sword because he can't pierce himself with it's yeah. brutal yeah and it makes me wince
1: yeah but so you go through that and you then you you see that they did make him kill himself so it was mm-hmm. kind of like okay sure but then you learn that he our samurai that we're taking this journey with knew the young samurai. Mm-hmm. And it was a son-in-law at that. Yeah. And he
0: raised him like his own son.
1: Yeah. And how, you know, essentially he was... he, Our older samurai was supposed to die, but he didn't because his friend sacrificed himself so that he could live and he could take care of his son and, mm-hmm. you know, all this other stuff. So... I think that there is some sort of, like guilt, on a lot of different levels for him, and then you know as again like as the story progresses, you get more of like um, you hear this really sad tale, and you're kind of hoping that this changes the mind of the house mm-hmm. people, but it doesn't.
0: I think it does, just not the not that the counselor is willing to admit.
1: That's true. I think that they do kind of understand that like oh
0: we're there's more we are wrong yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's more to people than like lumping him as a part of this group that just wants money Mm. whatever he's an individual and under individuals have individual stories and being a samurai kind of lumps you into a group where you're not supposed to be an individual you're supposed to follow a code of honor yeah and you're expected to do everything like everyone else yeah So that's why they don't see him as an individual with its own story. But to be fair, neither do we as the audience to begin with. Mm -hmm. We see him as kind of the coward that he's played to be by the house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that it does a good job at like, even though like personally, you might think that this way of life or this, you know, honor code is silly or that it has like no real meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, it still convinces you that this character is cowardly in some type of way that he's taking advantage of the goodwill of other people but like even still i think that at least while i was watching when they you know actually started to make him harakiri on his own bamboo Mm -hmm. sticks you know that that is really hard and it's kind of like did you Did you have to do that?
0: It's the lack of goodwill from other people that landed him where he was because he tried everything and this was a last resort type thing where he really didn't want to do it. And he looked down on other people that did it, but his son is dying and he has no choice.
1: His son and his wife are dying.
0: And he sold everything he owns, including his swords. And he's gone to everyone he knows, but he can't do anything because he's a samurai. So he's expected to do samurai work. Yeah, but that doesn't exist because it's time of peace. There's no wars going on. No one needs a samurai. Yeah, so he kind of just has to do what he hates others doing.
1: Which again, that's more honorable than anything that the the house, the house is doing. You know, mm.
0: it's a it's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen it for some reason, you need to.
1: It's definitely worth a watch, and it's definitely. I'm not sure if I would put it in my top three, but I definitely feel like it's 100% worth the watch. It's so interesting and so, like, I really like the pacing. Mm -hmm. It kept me entertained and, like, wanting more, and it was, I felt like I was expecting you know, one thing, and then it would, like, kind of give me it, but not exactly how I thought it was going to plan out. And I feel like it was even better than how I had envisioned it, you know, as we were going through the story.
0: Yeah, I think watching it for the first time, it's just so unique in the way that it builds the story. And also, I think this is the first time we agree on a 10 out of 10. For the podcast. For the podcast, maybe. Oh, no. We've done Inglorious Bastards. That's true. That's true. But, uh, I mean, we're very enthusiastic about it. I am, at least. And I feel your enthusiasm bearing on me. (laughs) I'm very happy we watched this. I'm very happy we ended the year on this. It's sad, but I like sad movies.
1: It is sad. It's not as sad. Uh, obviously, I've had many more movies that have made right. me They're straight movies. up cry. But this, this didn't make me cry. But it, it more of like, you feel for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. You get, And 100% you, you feel like a rage, I'd say, like a simmering rage mm. that this played out how it did. At least that's how, how I would describe yeah. the feeling. Is It's Definitely. like... It's not full-on rage, right? Because you, you still feel like he was able to achieve what he wanted to. He did
0: exactly what he set himself to do at the house. Where yes. he went in and told the story, tried to change their minds, and then died. At the end, is the counselor says he did harakiri. Mm-hmm. Which, on technical terms, he didn't. Because ara means belly and kiri means cut. So he didn't cut his own stomach open. But he did kill himself. That yeah. was a suicide mission and he knew he wasn't, wasn't coming out with his life. So in a way, he did commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Just not the way we'd expect.
1: Yeah. But I think that for his character, like his story felt complete. He really did, you know, lose everybody he cared about. And I think he did his, like, he, he's able to go out knowing that he at least attempted to bring perspective. Mm-hmm. To these people, and try to change their ways, and unfortunately, it didn't. It didn't really happen. They did kind of see that. Oh, we may not be like the greatest, but that doesn't mean we're gonna stop doing <laughs> what we do best. So,
0: yeah. and no one's not gonna know we're not the greatest if we don't tell them that.
1: Exactly. Like it really is. It it it's a hundred percent that thing where it's the the winners write history. Yeah. Where it's like I'm sure there are. Hundreds, thousands, millions of stories that kind of are told one way, but it really happened a different way.
0: Yeah, the winner writes history. That's it. Yeah. And that that will always be true. Yeah. But I guess that's all we have for today, and we'll be back next year with yeah. great movies, as always, and a great couple guests. couple awful movies too, because those are fun sometimes.
1: Yeah, but. We will see you guys in the next year and we hope you guys have a wonderful December.